Hello and welcome to the Science Fiction Book Review Podcast. My name is Luke Burridge and this is the show where I review every single science fiction book that I read as I read it. There's no set schedule, it's just whenever I finish a book I do the review and stick it up here on the podcast feed for everyone to download and listen to. Joining me today, like normal, uh, is Juliana. Say hello, Juliana. Hello, everyone. And uh, this is the bit where we talk a little bit about what's up in our lives. Don't is know, it? really. No, me neither. Not, not much, just keep plugging away at some projects. We got new outside furnitures. Oh yeah, that's it. And and, um, and we were also thinking of having like an extra seat to go here in the office, in the studio, because um, Juliana wants sort of like a sitting place where she can, you know, rest between working and doing yeah. stuff like that. So it's not we're not always just sitting in the same seat on, on like at the desk. We want a little kind of other thing. At the same time, we were ordering some new outside furniture and Juliana showed it to me and she says, how about this? And I was like, yeah, the seats are really good. I don't think we need an extra couch for the outside furniture. And then we uh, the other day I solved both problems at the same time is that the outside furniture that we got came with an extra couch that we didn't need. And then we needed a couch for inside. So now we have an outside furniture, bit of furniture. Yeah, but uh, also... In case at some point people can visit us and yeah. we can have a, extra a outside housewarming furniture. party. We yeah. can have a extra outside furniture. So more, se- more seats, the better. Yes. yes. So we are currently in a um, apocalyptic scenes. Uh, we are approaching our post-apocalyptic scenes in uh, in Europe. Slowly vaccine, etc. for COVID-19. You got yourself a COVID-19 vaccine appointment, didn't you? Yes. So you, are, you will soon be on the outside of the, uh, you will soon be post-apocalyptic. I don't know. I'm trying to do, I'm trying to do a good segue into a, a post-apocalyptic um, uh Well, let uh, me tell you, here. the post-apocalyptic part is that currently, like, like I can talk for Germany. Yeah. Nobody's listening to the scientists. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, that's it. Okay, so here's the thing. Um, the, the Our apocalypse will just become, just come from like lots of idiot people going, oh, so weird, something, something. Oh, let's just ignore the scientists or something. Anyway, yes. the, the post-apocalypse I'm going to talk about today and today, this is the worst, this is the worst segue. You have done so much better in the past. All right. Well, let's just skip over that. Today's book is The Wild Shore <laughs> by Kim Stanley Robinson. Okay. Okay, so we've read we've read a few Kim Stanley Robinson books, haven't we, on the podcast? I can remember one. Okay, we I mean that I read. No, we've read two we've read two books together. Actually, let me just yeah, quickly I remember click on author is that here. Is called Aurora? Yeah, we read Aurora. Uh, let's and? actually just look for this one here. Kim Stanley Robinson. Uh, uh, back in episode uh, 17, I reviewed Kim Stanley Robinson's Antarctica and gave it four stars. Not uh, bad. And then I reviewed um, the uh, uh, on episode 150, no, just 59, I reviewed The Gold Coast, which is three California's triptych number two, which, is, uh, which I gave 3.5 stars to. Uh, what uh, happened to number one? Uh, I'm getting there. I'm getting okay. there. Um, the, and then episode 287, uh, we both reviewed um, Kim Stanley Robinson's Aurora, or I reviewed it and then you read it later. I'm not quite sure, but I know that you've definitely but I read def- it. I have read that book, yes. Yeah, I gave that one uh, four stars. And then episode 382, we read Kim Stanley Robinson's Red Mars. Oh, yes. Oh, that's him as well. Yeah, of Red course. Mars. I, for some reason. And that we gave four point five stars to, or I yes. did. I don't. Did you finish it? You did. Yeah, finish Red it. Mars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Full so, of politics and like yes. lots of stuff. And I really enjoyed it. Yes. And you and you like, came round yeah. to enjoying but, it quite a bit. Well, my enjoyment came more from oh, I see where lots of other books got the inspiration from yeah, yeah, yeah. like it's more of this kind of like oh that makes sense uh, yeah. so this is being quoted here and there and yeah so the book that i'm reading today comes before all of those books because oh. this is kim stanley robinson's first novel and it's his called his first novel yeah his first oh. novel when it's, did it come out 
What do you mean? When did it come out? When uh, did it come out? 1984, it, it says here. Oh, um, it's it's a first, year older than I am. Yeah, it's a year older. It came out the year, <laughs> a year before you were born. It's yes. a few years younger than me, a year older than you. It was a Nebula Award nominee in 1985. It won the Locus Award for Best First Novel in 1985. It got the Philip K. Dick Award for Special Citation. I don't know what that means. And the uh, and also an SF Chronicle um, Award nominee for Novel or something like that. So, you know, well, well received at the time got okay. it got some a plenty of uh, awards a and praise. stuff like that you know yeah. it got praise at the time yeah and kind of put kim stanley robinson on the map he then followed up with two other stories kind of set not in the same world but it, it's called the three california's triptych and okay. uh, i just mentioned that one of those books as well you got the book one wild shore uh, book two the gold coast which i reviewed on the sfbrp early, early on, on yeah and then book three pacific edge okay um so yeah, that's it. They are all, all of them are set not in the same world, but they're all kind of set in California, on okay. the coast of California. Yep. And they're set in different worlds, but then they have characters in common who like overlap between the between mm. them. And uh, but they're kind of alternate futures, alternate futures of California. The first one is post-apocalyptic. Okay. That's the one we're going to review today. Right. The second one, the Gold Coast, is uh, it's. A, let's have just have a look at the blurb here. Southern Coast is a developer's dream gone mad. An endless sprawl of condos, freeways, and malls. Jim McPherson, affluent son of a defense contractor, is a young man who's lost in a world of fast cars, casual sex, and designer drugs. It, and this is kind of like the uh, more like the cyberpunkish. I was kind just of... about to say this sounds like such an eighties book. Yeah, probably. It's like it sounds like an eighties music video made into a book. And then Pacific edge um is the kind of so you have kind of one post-apocalyptic one dystopian future and yeah. then one utopian future okay with the idea being that these are kind of three views of the future yes kim stanley robinson followed up this series with the mars trilogy partly because he said that it was so difficult to write about politics and what utopian or whatever society, all these different societal ideas and things would, would work. He kind of had to go to a different planet yeah. and start from scratch because every time that you come into these things, yeah. you you bring in the politics. The that, yeah, the baggage and the yeah. politics that exist. And you go, oh, let's just wipe it clean and start from scratch with a post-apocalypse. It's all like, ah, no, there's, think, there's more to it than that. Um, but I think personally what that actually then hap what happened... Yeah. What uh, was that? Um, then it turns out, even if you do take everything to a different planet, yeah. In the end, it's all kind of the same. Yeah, you take your problems with you. Yeah, that's all the kind of thing. That's definitely. Um, so yeah, he's he's played in this space a, a little bit more as well. But anyway, let's get on to the Wild Shore, which is the first book, and uh, and the setup is this: sixty years ago. Oh, this is set in what does it say here? In twenty forty seven, and it says sixty years ago. So what we're we talking about there, nineteen eighty seven, I guess. Um, there was some kind of um nuclear uh, uh attack on America. Ooh. And as far as the people in America know, there was no return strike. So every city over all the top 1000 cities in America or whatever it was were wiped out, all got wiped out immediately. Yeah. Yeah. And nowhere on earth, nowhere else on earth was um, was was affected or nowhere oh. else on earth was touched. OK. And the tricky thing is, is that the people who are there don't know what happened around the rest of the world. And it's unclear who made the first strike. And there's lots of um, theories that the people in America have like oh actually it was all these different countries got together like the world ganged up on America Ow. America was too powerful they were you know people didn't like America so what yeah. we need to do is um 
is uh, you know get get all this uh, get you know we're gonna all all of us are gonna drive our neutron bombs or whatever it is into different parts of America mm. and not and on zero hour we're all gonna set them off all at once or something like that. Anyway, it's weird that it's a, it's a, a nuclear apocalypse, a nuclear um, post apocalypse or whatever. Yeah. But without it affecting the entire world, just America. And then it's revealed as you go into the book, and this is known at the start that America has now been cordoned off. So. It you, was what? It was cordoned off. Like it, they said, okay, nobody goes into America. Nobody goes out of America. Okay. So we learn Separated from the earth. Uh, well, from, not, from the rest of the world. Yeah, separated. Community. Because they, there's hardly any population there. But then they set up a border. You know, they, they make sure nobody can go in and out of the border, across the border from Mexico or uh, Canada. Canada. And then the, the uh, West Coast, uh, where California is, is patrolled by ja- a Japanese fleet. Okay. Um, the East Coast is uh, patrolled by Canadian fleet. Mm -hmm. And then the Gulf of Mexico is patrolled by a Mexican fleet. Okay. And they kind of keep people there. And the idea being, again, this is just the ideas that the Americans have who are left over. They're told or they they heard from the people from Mexico. They said, ah, yeah, to make sure nobody comes in and fights over the remains of America. And builds it back up. Yeah, tries to build it back Mm. or tries to take over or do anything. They're like, oh, no, that's it. We're going to stop it there. We're going to, the UN says we're nipping it in the bud. Nobody goes in, nobody goes out, and we're just going to leave America for a few generations or for how, it's not actually clear how long it is to go. Um, is it known how many people actually left? Like how many people are still alive? Very afterwards? small communities survive. Okay. okay. And so, the country is just. The country doesn't exist anymore. The country is ruined and uh, 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 what's the word? It's. Um, It's just desolate. Yes, desolate. and it's so. Yeah. So the, oh. all the action takes place on this little strip of the coast, yeah, between Los Angeles and whatever south of Los Angeles. I can't remember the name of the uh, San Diego. No, what's I don't know what's south of there. Yeah. Anyway, so there's yeah, it must be San Diego to the south, and there's a place called um, uh, it's uh, San. Uh, Anofre, and I was actually this time. Last time I read this book because I read this book before, back in you know whenever nineties or something like that. Okay, and when you say um, this book, you mean the first book? The, in the, the first trilogy. book, yeah. yeah. It's set in San Onofre, and uh, and now we've got Google Maps, so it's actually really easy just to go. Oh, and I just type that, yeah. oh there, and they're like yeah. this river mouth of this little village, yeah. and it's sort of like this protected coastal area. So it was it was it didn't get destroyed by the blast from the, blast, from the, yeah. from the north, and mm-hmm. that it's like this little protected valley kind of area, and lots of survivors who come together there and decide to start you know um they they put together a little community yeah and and this tells the story of a guy called henry or hank because hank is the one of the short names of henry Mm -hmm. and um he's like a a 18 year old kid yeah and this is one of those coming of age stories about him and his friends and how he gets how he established himself in this Yeah, and and what his group of him and his mm. like four, like three or four friends get up to. Okay, and um, and then there's like three or four women around, and who they're pairing up with, and who he's going <laughs> to get together with, and then yeah. and then there's a uh, the, the book starts with them finding some dead Japanese uh, sailors or patrolmen on the shore, yeah. and they're like, yeah. oh, where are these coming Ooh. from? And that's a little bit of a mystery. And then there's a a visitor from down the coast in San Diego. Okay. And they say, ah, we, we've actually managed to run the train from San Diego up to here. Do you want to come with us down to San Diego? And we're going to meet the mayor of San Diego and work out what's going on down there. Yeah. So okay. the whole story is pretty much what it's like for Hank 
to live in this in this world yeah. here with like some weird mysteries sort of like how is this I mean I kind of explained how the world is set up but there's lots of other details going on there of yes. how people survived and what they're doing and you know how they how they get their food and the how they communicate how do you live in a, in a post-apocalyptic yeah. world basically so but like oh. l- one question here yeah um Now, I mean, I'm coming from this because I started reading this book, Illuminae, and it turns out it's a young adult's book. What does... You're not into it, are you? Well, the library just told me that it's going to return the book in a few days. And, and you I haven't kind of renewed can't, it. <laughs> I can't of that. Yeah, you've, so, you've had it for three weeks, isn't it? Isn't it a three-week yeah, thing with the library? Yes. You're never. We're never going to do an episode about it, are we? Pro, I don't know. Maybe, it's okay to yes. give up on a book that you're not into. It's totally it, fine. It's, it's just I'm just not into this different kind of graphics in a book, like especially ebook, And it's just not my thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, um, I might continue reading, but I just didn't have the... It, didn't feel like it anyway that was not why i brought it up i brought it up because if you have uh, a set of main characters in this age group yeah and of course i mean i know it is set in post-apocalyptic kind of stuff but yeah would you say it's a young adult book i would say it would be roughly suitable for young adults but i mean there is there is sex and violence in there you know there well, is but, but mean, that's it is 18 year old sex oh he's so used that hank is so useless like he's like he's he's really into melissa and melissa keeps using him like wants to get information out of him and stuff uh, like this and i'm just sort of like just wait until after you have sex and then do it and he never he just can't he can't work out how to just like actually just have sex with a with a girl that like, he's really into and stuff like <laughs> that because his brain is all over the place no it's not that it's a young adult book but it is a coming of age story okay and it is his And it is uh, Kim Stanley Robinson's first novel. Mm-hmm. And it's a really clear thing that you can go, oh, in my first novel, I want to tell the story of like a, a coming of age story for a young man mm. is a kind of classic, um, you know, a classic Started. first novel. Yeah. Of, uh, and for, for a young author, well, actually, I don't know how old Kim Stanley Robinson was when he wrote this. Yeah. Um, but it's, uh, I totally understand why this novel got lots of awards because Spoiler alert, I really, really enjoyed this book. And I've read it before, so there was no surprises in this book. Okay, but this is like, often it comes down to, uh, if you have read the book before, how does it hold up? Like, sometimes you read a book and then you you were reading it, when did you read it? Like, then in... When did you read it? Like uh, in the ninety-eight? I don't know. Yeah. Like twenty years ago. But you were certainly yeah. a different kind of person then, and a different uh, person with different experiences, much younger. Yeah. And now you read it, and you still enjoy it. So it's a uh... yeah. But I rem- I remember pretty much all everything about it. Okay. What I didn't remember about it was just how well it was written. If you know what I mean. Yeah, but I think, I think now that mainly I'm... has something to do because when you read it the first time, you didn't really look out for like you. Did you? Well, yes, like, of course. You... I always enjoyed good writing. But I think yeah. now when I'm reading a book, I always have a view of like, oh, I'm going to be reviewing this book, you know, and I can okay. think about it a bit more. Yeah. But uh, again, just let's go, let's skip over. There's lots of points that I want to get to here and I haven't made any notes about it. In fact, I made one note about it, but I remember what that one note is about it because I only made one note about it. Okay. What I want to talk about, though, is the what I really enjoyed about this book is the power like it's a book about stories it's a i always love a book with a book in it if you know what i mean right and 
Um, this can be done well or not so well, but in this case, there is there are the, the main character. Well, I'd say the main character is is Henry Hank. Yeah. The other main character is Tom, mm-hmm. who is the oldest surviving American. He's 109 years old. Oh or wow! Something okay. Like and 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 Tom tells stories about life because he you know he was like he, 45. He remembers everything. He remembers a lot about the life before the because he survived the uh, the nuclear blast. Yeah. And most people didn't you know most people even if they're like 60 well this is 60 years ago so maybe they were really really young at the time or the the first generation born immediately afterwards and things like that. Yeah. But he's 109 years old and he tells all the good stories about like oh yeah um when he you know about america and about like oh yeah there was england that was part of america and we went to the moon and shakespeare was american shakespeare is american's greatest um ah, author. i see what and, kind of uh, story but no we really went to the moon look here's here's a picture i found it in this encyclopedia of this mm. moon landing and also i'm 109 years old and okay. so do you understand what i'm saying there yeah like, here we so, come like it's not about storytelling it's about storytelling yeah and, and the, i mean there is literally conversations about it between yeah. between hank so, and tom is he actually like, 109 no of course not but that's not the point <laughs> that's not the point the point is that everybody around everybody that no, nobody in this society mm. actually knows what happens with the apocalypse and what the world is like okay. you know around there and, and, and so when people are talking about things, you're just like, no, that's not how, it, uh, like me as a reader is like, no, that's not how it works. So you understand that while Hank, uh, who's telling the story, he was the first person narrator. Yeah. Is, he is partially an unreliable narrator, yes. but is examining himself. Yes. Um, examining his own story and his own motivations looking back over the past year because it's about it's about a year's worth of story or six yeah. months worth of story whatever it is okay a year's worth of story so as he's looking back over that time he's kind of questioning his motives in the past and talking about his motives in the past yeah meanwhile they also the the kids are when they go down to, to san diego there's a there's a, a book printer there and they're given a this um this story called american an american around the world and it's like this travel book about this american who leaves goes west go, leaves san diego goes west goes all the way around the world and comes back to uh, comes back to, to uh, san diego, san diego yeah. again and okay. so then they're reading that book so that's a that's another book inside the book, the book. Yeah. and also there's another book and i'm giving away one part of this as well but I think this is important, um, is that uh, Tom, the printer, gives Tom an empty book and says, you write down your story in right. this book because you survived you, you survive from before the apocalypse and we want everyone's stories from before the apocalypse down. So you write your story in the book. He doesn't do that. Instead, he gives the book to Hank and says, Hank, you write your story. And as we come to the end of the book, we realize ah, what we're reading now is Hank, Hank writing, writing this entire story. story. Right. And when he gets to the end, you're sort of like, all right, this is it. And I've gone out and now... And you, you, the, the, the story catches up to the narrator. Yes. And you realise, ah, oh, this entire story has been written from this point of view. So it's a, it's a, it, there's like this book within a book. And then in that book, he also is saying, at one point, like right in the last chapter, he says, I'm really glad that I just like transcribed some of the... Because uh, I wanted to fill up the novel. At one point, I just transcribed quite a lot of the novel of... Uh, sorry, not the novel, the, the, the travel the travel book and the American around the world. Yeah. And, and so I just 
just transcribed a lot of that and I'm glad I did because it I kind of had to pad out some of it those feels... middle pages there. <laughs> and then you get to the end and it's like wow and, and I was thinking this is really slow what's happening and as you get to the end of the novel because like there's this big climactic adventure kind of section mm. about in this in this you know it's like a 12 hour audiobook then that comes about three hours before the end and then it all starts playing and I'm like oh what's happening and then you get to the point where Hank in the novel is saying I'm not sure how to finish this novel I'm kind of like padding it out until I get to a final like what is what is the end of this story and it's like well I'm getting to the end so I like I've only got like five pages left so let me sum up my thoughts oh no I'm not going to give a moral of the story and he kind of works out what the story has been about and what the good ending ending to a book write the ending to the book and so this is and this is I think amazing an amazing achievement from Kim Stanley Robinson in his first novel to write what I think is a really great like really great and interesting like literary novel about telling stories yeah and I don't know it feels like it like it's and this is what I really love about first novels is that people will put these ideas in there yeah. because to be honest not a lot happens for the amount of time you know you, this is like a 13 hour audiobook and I would say that the pacing is wrong and it's very slow and I saw some of these reviews on Goodreads people saying yeah. oh nothing happens or not a lot happens yeah. and there's it's but, so slow and all that kind so of stuff and I'm like sense. no that's, that's actually yes. what I want from this yeah. there's another novel quite like this which is like Earth Abides mm. um, which is another post-apocalyptic story that's, that's a disease one everyone everyone dies off with a disease yeah and that's set in in berkeley in california yeah. and it has a very kind of slow meditative uh, kind of vibe to it also um i am legend which i reviewed a few episodes again also set in california these are all these californian post-apocalyptic like one man against the world and one man in the in this world and what it's like there yeah. and i think they all have things in common but what i think they all have in common is that they're all like really good novels yeah like really good stories yeah um i i think this is a such a good way of saying it i think often uh authors miss out on actually the storytelling bit yeah Uh, the storytelling is the creative bit, the the, the thing that yeah. we all want, right? Yeah. We all want the stories. We but, are all here. We sit down by the fire. We want to hear, the, listen to the old person tell, telling a story. That literally happens numerous times yeah. in this book yeah. where they go... Uh, Tom, tell us a story. And it's like, oh, tell us a story about this guy. It's like, oh, this is the guy who survived a blast in an atomic blast because he was right at the bomb. And at the center of the bomb, there's like this really, like this the really empty bit. Uh, there's yeah. an empty bit at yeah. the center of this explosion. He was in that and he exploded and he was shot 20 miles up into the air and then he came down and landed on a mattress or whatever. I can't remember what it was. And so this is Tom telling this crazy story, you know, you know, and then, but Hank tells this story that Tom yeah. doesn't want to tell. And, and I think this is what lots of people yeah. who then read this book and don't get this whole meta thing is that we read an author who writes about a character who is not an author telling a story telling a story like writing a book and then figuring out oh ah there's still space okay i need to fill this up and in a way what you just told me reminds me so much of hercules and these kind of yeah yeah this, right? Yeah, this, this fe- but and again, he's even referencing like these stories where there's a story. It's like you know he mentioned Shakespeare a few times, but it feels a bit like with the um, with the. Uh, 
Homer, like no, no, the, not Homer. I'm thinking no. Midsummer's Night Dream. Oh, yeah. We're in there. They're like, let's tell the story. Let's tell the story. Yes. And now inside the story, we're going to put on a play, and the play, play is, is is the uh, you know, it's a Romeo the, and Ju- they like do a Romeo and Juliet style play inside, inside yes. of of Midsummer's Night Dream because yeah. they want to have they they're putting on a, like it's a play about putting on a play. Yeah. And this is a novel. This is a story about storytelling. Yeah. And you ha- and the only way that people actually learn about the world and work out what's going on and express the truth to each other, even if it's not, they're not actually true stories. Yeah. Is by telling stories to each other and it's like oh this comes down to like oh we're all sitting around the fireplace tell us a story Tom yeah and uh and yeah so yesterday two days ago when I was listening you know I was listening to the section of the book and Tom is telling the story about the time when he was driving his car he was driving from uh New York uh, driving across the country yeah Uh, he's a lawyer he's like 40 years old or whatever he is at this time in the story and he's driving across the driving across the country and he goes, oh, there's a hitchhiker. Mm, shall I pick up the hitchhiker? No, I won't. I'll look in the other direction to not pick up the hitchhiker. And then at the last minute, he looks over at the hitchhiker and then he slams on the brakes and pulls over yeah. because he realizes, oh, that's me. Uh, it looks guy exactly like me. And then this guy who looks exactly like him gets in the car and they're like, oh, what's your name? Oh, I'm Tom um, Courtney. Uh, right. I can't remember his name. Yeah. Tom Courtney, I think, is an actor. Anyway, I'm Tom Courtney. And he goes, oh, my name's Tom Courtney as well. Oh, where are you from? Oh, I'm from, you know, California. Oh, really? And they work and they and he's telling the story about how he picked himself up hitchhiking. And okay. it's, it's a great story. Like, it's a fantastic, like that story. And then he finishes that story and he's like, oh, actually, I did meet him one other time. And everyone's like, oh, a new story. We've not heard it. We've like, you realize all the adults have heard that story of him picking himself up hitchhiking. What? And they're like, oh, what, when, oh, you yeah. did meet him again. Yeah. When was the next time you met him? And he was sort of like, well, you'll all recognize the day when I met him the next time. And so, and so after that first story, which is a really, really good story, he then tells the following follow-up story and I like the first story has you laughing and then it has you like horrified and then that other story had me in tears because Tom was telling this story and but it that's that story wouldn't make sense like that's a short story that wouldn't work as a short story like if you were just like hey let me tell a short story yeah. oh here's a short story it needs the, the context and the... It, it needs the context like yeah. this is a short story that works because Hank and and um you know Steve and all of the kids who are there the haven't heard that story for the first time but all the adults have yeah and then he tells another story that the adults haven't heard yet and they're all hanging on his words and the way that you know it's told and the way that it's like read in a way like that and you you understand that the second time that he met his, his you know himself, himself. that he worked yeah. out and he said when he says oh you'll know what day it is and of course it's the day when the bombs dropped yeah. and stuff like that and he t- and when he tells that story that story only makes sense because we've had like i've already just listened to like seven hours worth of audiobook up to that point establishing tom as a character and then he tells that story mm. and it was like really moving yeah like and throughout the book 
Hank gets better as a story. Well, it doesn't that he gets better as a storyteller, but as you realize, as you come close to the book, you know, as you go to the book, and this was something that was, yeah, I remember, you know, I remember some of these parts of the story. Like I remember that when all the kids are sitting around because they yeah. said, I want to read the book. No, I want to read the book. I want to read the book. Yeah. And then Tom says, Steve, you can, you can have the book, but you have to read it to all of these other guys. So even them reading the travel, you know, the American around the world mm-hmm. becomes a communal storytelling. Yeah. And you can see like, oh, yeah, um, Cody was always like hanging on every word and the other guy was like this. And then Melissa wasn't impressed or Catherine wasn't impressed. You know, all these different kind of things. Like yeah. you see the reactions and you you get to know the characters the through most. Through the reactions. Uh, through their reactions yes. to yes. the storytelling inside the book, which is I don't know. Inside a book. Inside and inside. Yeah. Like in the, 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 the story of, of that Hank is doing. So, yeah, as you go through it. And of course, of course, it doesn't make sense that Hank happens to be as good at selling a novel. But I'm totally fine with this being a not a frame story, but like a, a device that you only discover as you get to the end. Because yeah. at the start, you're like, oh, I'm reading Kim Stanley Robinson telling Hank's story in a first person narrative. But as when you get to the end, you're like, oh, no, what I'm actually reading is Hank telling his own story. Yeah. And you think that, oh, these were his first notes and he gets to the end of the book and puts that in. And then when he's 20 years when Hank is 20 years older he goes back finds this novel and like oh now I've actually had 20 years worth of writing experience I'm now going to actually write it in a good way I'm going to leave the frame there I'm going to leave like the framework of the story like the Mm. the actual what the story is is good enough but now I'm going to go in and put the story like actually like write it with someone who has like a decades or two decades worth of writing experience to actually sell it in a way which is very like for me really impressive so okay so i was like again that that talking about thematically this is a a, a, being a a story about a a novel about storytellings and a novel about a novel yeah or or a book about a book i don't know what you want how many levels you want to go (laughs) into it but it's very clear that this is what kim stanley robinson had in mind yes when civilization falls apart or that you know using civilization not existing anymore yeah the thing that can con- keep a community together yeah. are the stories that we tell and there's kind of like a dark reflection about the mayor down in in san diego who literally says he actually says like um i'm you know i want to you know we need to you know kick the japs out we need to make america great again and i'm like oh right yeah Yeah. so this was written in the 1980s and i think make america great again was originally like a reagan kind of thing or maybe a previous like that but it's it's always been sort of like this uh you know more right-wing nationalistic um kind of you know do me i mean we see it all the time now like even in that what was it that viking show no norsemen or something wasn't it like make norway great again or was it make helmhild great again or whatever it is like that you're like oh saying that saying that everybody everybody knows knows what kind of you have you get like the feeling for what this guy you don't need an explanation of what this now means no if somebody is there as a politician or like they are stating this you just know, you just feel. Yeah. Ah, you know what kind of person we're talking of, to. Yeah. And also there's a, um, oh, if you're not with us, you're against us oh, or something yeah. like that, which I think was Bush 
two about the uh, the, Iraq, the, the Iraq War yeah. or something like that. If you're yes. not with us or against, and it's really clear. I mean, we you don't see the mayor very much, but it's it's so clever. Like it's almost too clever now. Mm. It feels almost dated by like, oh yeah, no, everybody knows like what this kind of person is, and like why would everyone follow him? But you know, like that, like the strong man who yeah. you know has this macho macho man and macho following and things, mm. and they're like, mm, and Tom's like, mm, not this guy, and of course Hank is like, yeah, yes, I want to like, make him everyone. Let's get the back and because. Yeah. Like if you just look at it, if yeah. you just if you just look at this phrase and you take it apart, yeah, there's nothing obviously wrong with it. There is some, there is a, a there, country. There's a, a lot of a lot of things. I, that you no, can no, do, yeah. yeah, of course, yeah. we all know that. Yeah. But from my like, if I'm now going from the innocent young, yeah, yeah exactly, young if guy. If I'm an 18 year old boy, yeah. this is you a, look at a handy say, message. Okay, yes, of course, I want to make things great again yeah. because obviously before it was great and now yeah. it's not great so let's make it great well in this case make america great again does make sense because it, it you know there's been a nuclear exactly. a, a nuclear devastation across the entire country yes. but anyway i i that was the one note that i made when it came up and he said make america great again i kind of like made a note of that yeah. this, this book was written in what 1984 84 yeah yeah and wow. uh, okay yeah, and it just came in there. And so there's there's quite a fun, there's these fun little shortcuts that they make there as well. Mm. Now, I looked at some Goodreads reviews yesterday, just a yeah. you know, looking thing. People, Some people say this is dated. And I do think it is dated. Okay. But this is a book which isn't meant to be now, even though it's set in 2047. Yeah. This is a book which was written in 1984 yeah. about a nuclear holocaust that happened in 1987. Yeah. So where, while there are some... 1947. No, 19... No. It was written in 1984 about a nuclear holocaust that happened in 1987. And then 60 years later, it's set in 2047. Oh, right. So the book is set. The nuclear holocaust in this book happened in 1987. Right. Okay. Yes, in the 87. Yes. In 87. Yeah. And then 60 years later, in 2047, this, this is when this book is set. Yeah. It's set 60 years after a devastation. So... All of the things, like the people in the book and the the attitudes, come from 1987, <laughs> and America was bombed. Yeah, no, the attitudes okay. in this book are from 1987. Yes, but they can't be because he wrote this book in 1984, so you can't know how it, okay, it was in 1987. 1984 to 1987 is a short enough time yes. that the attitudes that people is had in 1987 yeah. were, could be much more similar to attitudes that Americans had in 1984 yes. than they have in 2020. So people yeah. who say this book is dated, yeah. I think because it's this, it's it's a knowing time capsule, Yes, it isn't dated. Like... If I think maybe okay, yes. If if you wouldn't know exactly what kind of time span and time yeah. period we talk about, but because it states it very yeah. clearly, you can you can put it into place into perspective. Yeah, yeah. And I think that a, a book which doesn't doesn't have a nuclear holocaust discontinuity, yeah. and then it just runs through to the for, in, into the future, like the Gold Coast, which again I've not read since uh, two thousand and nine or whenever I read it. In fact, I could just look it up here. When did I read? When did I read the Gold Coast? I read it in yeah. Uh, July 2009. So it, yeah. it's been, uh, it, yeah, it's been almost 12 years since I read that book. 
I would probably I would guess that that book is more dated than this book because that's just about continuing like continuing um, urban sprawl right. into the future. Yeah, and it's there's probably not there's there wouldn't be that same discontinuity. So you can't be like, oh, it's a bit dated because nobody has mobile phones. It's sort of like, well, yeah, yes, of yes. course, nobody has mobile phones in 2060 because of a nuclear holocaust. Was nobody having mobile phones or like miss it like the missed futurism and the, the datedness of attitudes and technology and all these other kind of things can can feel more clunky when there's a book written, written in the 1980s because yeah it's cyberpunk but like what we now yes what all the things that we now can do with cyberpunk with our modern technology wasn't is, done at that point it, you couldn't do yeah. it at that point you just yeah, didn't course. know what was going to be happening in the future obviously you know? um, and so but um if if you talk about dated or like if people talk about dated do you, like um okay let, let's put it this way do you do you feel like uh the i mean of course in the 80s we had in the time when it was written was all the the cold war so nuclear war was on the edge of happening yeah it was in the air it was in the air and like i remember people talking you know in germany and stuff like it was a, a big deal and um um but do you think like the language like the the way that how people the characters talk how they think is is that dated as well in this sense like it doesn't matter that it, that's my point is that there's a discontinuity it okay. doesn't matter that it's dated the because world it is, is happening so in different that, yes. because this is a world where mm. there's been 60 years worth of no societal progress right. except for a few people relearning how to do fishing and yeah. some people relearning how to weave baskets and other people having to read like it's such a different society yes you can't okay. say that the attitudes in the book are different yeah and even if they are different to what they are now in 2020, mm. like, sure, that it's a bit sexist, but not more sexist than 1987. Yeah. Sure, like, there's, it's probably a bit more racist, but probably not more racist than people were in 1987 who were then bombed and are now being held down by a Japanese fleet keeps stopping them from going out to sea. Mm. And and every time that they repair a railway, bombing the railway, like, it's... Mm. it's it, it isn't dated. Mm. Sure, people aren't going to have the best attitudes. Mm. But if their country has been bombed and they're trying to rebuild, that's going to be part of the storytelling. Yes, yes. You know, okay. Hank is going to be an idiot because yeah. he's 18 and yeah. he doesn't know how to kiss a woman yet. Although, yeah. you know, it's explained that it's not the first woman he's kissed. But like, you're like, yeah, some people are idiots, you know. Yes. Um, it, and that's it, you know. And so I don't have anything to fault about it being dated. Yeah. Some people said that it was a, it's a bit slow and nothing happens. I just, I I thought the pacing was fine. There's yeah. no problem there at all. Okay. So not a lot to say bad about this book. The way that you talk, like the way that you talk about it and the way yeah. that it sounds like, it sounds like this is a really good novel for the audiobook format. Yeah, let me just quickly head over here to um, the audiobook. It's um, narrated once again by Stefan Rudnicki, and he is the guy who has such a low voice that I can't I can't listen on one point two speed or whatever I normally do yeah. because it, it just doesn't work. But he does a fantastic job here because it really does sound because he's got like this old he's got like an older like croakier voice yeah when he's telling hank's story it puts a weight on it like it would be really terrible if they got an 18 year old to um narrate this book because it would be too obvious at the start that it's it's, it's written by hank you yeah. know yeah like it, it's it's written by someone who was 18 years old Hank grows up a lot over the time of this book. Yeah. And that's why I say it feels like someone who is 
40 it feels very much like some of these Stephen King novels you know okay. like where Stephen King will write it like all of his novels are set in this like one town in <laughs> uh, in uh, Connecticut no where is it New Hampshire or whatever it is like that yeah. and he's always writing these stories about like young like young versions of himself but he's writing them when he's 60 years old so yeah. when he tells I think I've only ever reviewed like one or two books of Stephen King here but like one of them's called Joyland and they're all these young like coming of age stories oh mm. you you remember Stand by you watch the movie Stand by Me, yeah, and it's about these four kids, one of who happens to grow up to be an author. And the frame story is him looking back because he reads, I think there's an obituary of one of the four kids yeah, or something yeah, yeah. like that. Yeah. And it's him thinking back to this adventure that they go on and yeah. they go on up the railway to find a dead body. Literally, the same kind of thing happens in this book, they go on a journey up the railway, yes, not to find a dead body, but it feels very, but very a, a similar. And yes, yeah. Yeah, 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 like there's a, a, a gang of young kids. Like and like and this I think what? lots of people on the planet can probably relate to this. Yeah, what I'm when saying you, when but you, what I'm saying is for the narration it works because it feels like an older person looking back at their younger self. Yeah. However, a lot of the story is is a lot of the novel is also Tom, who's like the the hundred and nine year old guy, yeah. and Stefan Rudnicki does a really great <laughs> Tom. Like yeah. Tom comes even more to life okay. through this book, and yeah. then also the other people like there's the doctor and there's the old official guy. Like he, Stefan Rudnicki does a, a really really good job. Yeah. with with this audiobook narration it fits like surprisingly well yes. and this was this audiobook narration was only released in like 2015 and now it's part of the audible free trial not the free oh. trial this is the audible free library right and that's why i wanted to get to this is because like i say i have the third book in this this california triptych which i don't think i've ever read all the way through okay but i have it as a, you paper, have it book. As a paper book and it's been sitting in the shelf since 2011 when i bought it because yeah. i remember it was in portland when i bought the book and haven't uh -huh. never got around to it yeah but i've then never i've always wanted to get around to it but then i it wasn't available as an audiobook until mm. 2015 when these all three were released yeah um, and now it is and also it's available as a free audiobook but i've never bought it as an audiobook i never want even though i've wanted to get to it i've never actually got to it as an audiobook because i'm like but i have it as a paperbook if it. i want to read it i'll just read it but of course i just don't i just don't read paperbooks i sometimes read ebooks but i don't read paper books anymore like yeah so um so in this case this is actually now available to read in fact it actually says here what's in the free in the in the free library there is the wild shore um the three california's triptych book one and then pacific edge the three california's triptych book three um so it's all there the gold coast all of them no it isn't the no? gold coast isn't available oh, the gold coast is oh. isn't available oh. as uh, in part of the audible free library for me just to get but again i've already oh, read but that it is available on audible it's available on audio but the middle book mm, isn't free clever. in the free li library i'm not sure if it is clever i'm not sure why no, they've decided to do this yeah. maybe it's just some weird publishing rights thing i don't know what it is that, yeah that might however be i've already read the gold coast and reviewed it on the book even though uh, on, on, the, on the on the sfbrp yeah. even though it was in 2009 i'm so i'm not going to bother spending an audible credit on that one because to be honest i remember not enjoying that as much as this book and being kind of disappointed with the second book okay in this in this series you don't so, want to go back and get the same disappointment again so uh, yeah again i rated that one 3.5 stars so yeah. the next the next uh, book from the free audible library maybe not the next but in over the next few months mm -hmm. this year at least i'm gonna get to pacific edge the three california's triptych book three and then 
over the course of since 2009 to uh, so from 20, 2009 to 2021, I would have read, I would have finished off a trilogy um, <laughs> from Kim Stanley Robinson. So that's very yeah. good. Not in order and many years apart, but I'll get to it. So there you go. Sounds good. So um, now I really, really want to uh, be into listening to audiobooks to listen to this book. It's in the free order library. You just just put the Audible app on. Just go onto my. You you got my account. You can. I think so. I think you can sign into my Audible account. No no problem. Yeah. Uh, so if it. you want, to, I'm just saying it's quite long. Mm. It is slow. Mm. I understand why people think it's either dated or not enough happens and it drags a bit. Mm -hmm. All of it worked for me. I didn't feel it dragged. The melancholy of these books... Hits you. I think is so important. Yeah. You know, like I Am Legend is a bit more... There's a bit more going on. In, I mean, that's a much, much, much shorter book. Yes. But also Earth Abides and some of these other books where it's post-apocalyptic and it's sort of like a, a slow-paced story. Yeah. I think the the pacing of it is it, for me was important, you know, that yes. I could just relax. And I, it was on Wednesday, and I was driving over to do this bike ride, and I was listening to it in the car, yeah. and driving back, and then I, you know, I finished it off in bed, you know, listening in bed, and then I woke up and listened to it a bit in the morning and things yeah. like that. No, I just really enjoy it. It's it's just just a fantastic book. Yeah. Really, really enjoyed it. And now living in some sort of whatever state. I don't even know what this kind of state we are living okay. in right now. Mid-apocalypse. Mid-apocalypse. No, I don't know. But this this state of melancholy and state of empty, like last year, like thinking back, uh, let's say two two days ago, yeah. was the, the second anniversary of my grandmother dying. Yeah. And... But it, it doesn't, doesn't feel, feel like, like yeah. two years because last year is doesn't count. L last year isn't like it doesn't happen. Or the past year doesn't the count. The past yeah. year is like an empty void, and in in so many things, it just doesn't feel. Yeah. Like there has been time spent because yeah. it's like this state of stillness. Like yeah, everybody well, is waiting for something to happen again, to be normal, to to go back to how it was before, which you all know is not going to happen in yeah. the same way. But is this and I think this is what what people in the books of the post-apocalyptic when you explore this idea and you come up with, oh, Yeah, it's people waiting, people yeah. waiting for change, people waiting for vaccines, people waiting for everything to go back to how it was before. Yeah. All of these things. One of the things that we do, we we find events in our lives where we're like, oh, I know I know what when I was doing this because I, I hadn't done this yet or I hadn't done that yeah. yet. Or like for me, like I, I, I often work out like when something happened or what something happened, like by the European Juggling Convention, yes. and like what what summer trip I took that encapsulated yeah, that's kind of, that. that. That organizes the year. Yeah. You have like a, a view of the year in your head. And I you have very put, little idea yeah. of where, where, when I did something, except maybe like, oh, that was when I lived in Meringdam. That's when I yes. lived at Flockwellstrasse yeah. and now we're moving here. Or that was when I was there and listened to this. Yeah, or, yeah. You know. um, it's you need events in your life to kind of break up your life into yeah. working out and, yeah. and for everybody that this you know this pandemic is going to be like that one of those turning points oh that was before 2020 yes. that was after 2021 all that kind of stuff yeah um and you know like 
when did I do something or when did I work it out? And that's what happens in this book. You re- you realize that that Hank is sort of like, oh, this this story starts when we found this when this Japanese body washed up to the shore, and yeah. we're like, oh, well, why are these Japanese bodies washing up to the you know on the shore? And yeah. how we do it? That was and, an event. Yeah, and then there's other events throughout the book, and you're like, oh, that would normally be the climactic moment. That would be when it ended. Yeah. And in this in this book it's sort of like i'm trying to, he's going what is the event which is going to close this book like what and i don't want to give it away but something quite small happens but hank realizes there is a lot of promise for the future in what just happened there okay. and it hasn't happened yet but after all of the crazy stuff that happens in the book all of the high adventures that they go on and the yeah. action that happens and the chases and all this other kind of stuff yeah the that all that all finishes, like I say, like two hours before the end of the audiobook. And then it's sort of like, oh, quite a few people have post-traumatic stress disorder. Yeah. And it's going to take them months to get over this kind of stuff. Or a years. lot of people are in <laughs> shock. This other person yeah. is ill and it's this long drawn out illness. Like, mm. how is that going to end? Yeah. And, it, in the, and it doesn't, and Hank doesn't go, oh, well, it all ended up like, no, he goes, he just hangs with it and just spends the same amount of time in that moment, like yeah. waiting in that moment and going, what is the event which is going to wrap up what is going to be the event and this is one of my pet peeves whenever i hear americans talking about when they're young because they all say oh when i was in fifth grade this happened Mm. and when i was in 12th grade or eighth grade or anything like that and i never know how old they are when they're talking about that and they're talking about something which happened when they weren't at school and it's always funny. I always find it funny. That st- even though they're telling you something about... Uh, they're telling you something about something that happened a- in their childhood. And yes. when they say eighth grade, I'm like, does that mean you were eight years old? Or does that mean you were 15 year old? I'm never quite sure what, yeah. what that actually means. Yeah, probably means. 15, 16, I guess. Maybe. Again, I don't know. I don't know Every either. single time I have to think, what is it? Is it... When, when did the grade start? When you're seven? So is it eighth grade is seven versus eight? So 15? Yeah, maybe 15. Like, mm. I, I never really know like that. Yeah. But even when they're talking about something, like something that happened not at school, yes. they will always frame everything or every American school, yeah. story about their mm. childhood. They'll always say, when I was in sixth grade, when I was in fifth grade, when yeah. I was in like that. Even when they're talking about going to the the, the supermarket or to- a toy shop with their parents, they'll yeah. say, ah, oh, yeah, when I was in fourth grade, I did this and this and this. And I was like, you weren't, it, you didn't, but... Th- it's one of this, it's an American kind of thing that every single person that everybody talks to each other and tells any childhood that it was sort of like, when I was a junior in college, I was like, what does that mean? Yes, when I was a freshman I, in college, always... I'm like, is junior, no, freshman is the first year and then junior all these is kind the of second. Things you know, that also, does, to, that, but that, that to, be honest, to be honest, that also uh, is difficult for me uh, when you talk about, uh, you know, High school, college, well, I, university. I would never say I, high school because I no, never went to sco- high school. I, I, I would, know. When I would say, I'd say when I was in primary school or when I was in secondary school or when I was at college or when I was at university. Yeah, those, exactly. Those and college the and university, things. these kind of distinctions, I have no... But here's the thing. I would I only what, say that if it had to do um, with, with... being in this uh, Otherwise, I would have said in 
in 94 or like when I was 12 or when I was 15 yeah. or maybe I'd say in the gap year before between college and university because then yeah. it kind of like has, the, the, you has know, a certain meaning is a certain life bounding yes. of like what I did that was yeah. or it could say when I was at university but that would but if something happened in the holiday between two university that just means when I say when I was at university it means when I was in Scarborough mm. you know by the by the you know yeah, by yeah, the yeah. sea like, every time you talk about this is more you would talk way more about the places you yes. were at the time Yeah. yeah. But I would never say when I was at college. I would always say like when I was 16 or 17. Mm. Like when I was 16 or 17, me and Nathan hitchhiked down to, we tried to hitchhike down to Spain and we hitchhiked all the way down to Barcelona. Right. I would never say when I was in the first year of college, we did that. I would say, yeah, when I was 16 years old, I hitchhiked down to Barcelona. Yeah. But there is no, like they say, there's no connection. Anyway, that's a pet peeve and I don't need to go on too much about yeah. it. Because no, I understand my- But it's really funny, like just saying that you can say, oh, um, when I lived there, this happened. When yeah. I lived there, that happened. I can't do that. Yeah. Because it would be really boring. I could say, oh, when I lived in Berlin, I did no, this. No, no, but here's the thing. I know when you say, when you say, when I lived at Frankfurt at all, yes. I know what part of your life you're talking about there. Yes. When you I say do, it. I have this like a uh, little bit more like a to the macro level. Like yeah. uh, I'm having a bit more zoomed in because yeah. I moved in between. Uh, different places in Berlin. Yeah. And but when you that, say when I lived at Frankfurt at all, I did this or this and this, I know, oh, those are Juliana's lost years. Oh, no, not lost years because that's when you're... You have you have your... you know, I have you, five years. You have five years where that you... That just went past and I didn't really... Yeah, you don't... You're there. That's the thing that you don't really have any markers because you're like, no, oh yeah, I worked I at MediaMarkt yeah. and uh, didn't wasn't really doing a lot and stuff yeah. and I was thinking I about was singing. I was enrolled in university and I was wanting to do, do the stu- singing yeah. like I did learn like I did do all of the studying for to be to doing the auditions for the singing and it, 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 but it, it took it five years so yeah. that's not really how it should have yeah. gone there was a down. bit of a pause in your life compared to your the past five years of your life when yeah. things are moving on and yeah yeah got together with me and then traveled and all these other kind of things yeah the then, 10 years and like the almost now 10 years since yeah. i'm together with you so much more happened in yeah. my life than yeah. in the but but again you don't need to worry about it because that 10 years is now longer than the than the lost juliana years True. if you know True. what i mean yes That's yeah. always what that's always what you gotta think about. Like, yeah. like the time that I've been together, the time that we've lived together, yes. is like the longest thing I've ever done in my life. If you know Aww. what I mean. Well, it's not because no. I'm literally recording a podcast now, and I've been, <laughs> and you weren't around at the start of the podcast that is, when I said. You that know, do you true. understand what I'm saying? No, like, yes. you know, when we're actually thinking about what are the long term projects in your life. Anyway, yeah. we've got off the subject of the book and just gone into yeah, this is, Luke and Juliana this is, talk you know, about their lives. It but yeah, what are the moments in your life which are kind of bounding boxes of experience and your own history? Yeah, and what, and what like, are the stories that you tell yourself? Like, uh, what, what are the narratives that you construct around yourself? And that's what this whole entire novel is yeah. about. So, and this is exactly so. This is why it wasn't like what yeah. we just talked about wasn't yeah. so far off the book no. because it is about the stories that we tell each yeah. other, looking back on our lives. Yeah. Like this is what this is all about. Yeah. This is we we can only tell the story. Well, if you think about it this way, we got together and um, I bought this book. The uh, no, not this book. I bought the Pacific Edge, the book three in the Three California series. Yeah. Um, I bought that just a few months after we got together. Yes. Like that was in we got together what in June. Yeah. And then in September, so like three months. So I'm finally going to read a book which it, I plan to read at the very start of our relationship, and now I'm going to get to it right at the very end of our relationship. 
No, that's not what I meant. I meant now is it's a big. <laughs> anyway, your face then. <laughs> I wanted to make it. I wanted to make it so people could hear it. Yeah, you didn't. You actually think, have to say something because no, otherwise I, think, I just come up as a bastard in the people. No, I like, think people did, talking about? I think this is one of those things that in books is uh, is written down as in the uh, the loud the loud um quietness or like yeah, yeah, screaming yeah. quietness or i don't yeah, there's I don't like know, a the way loud of... the loud silent non-reaction of julian exactly um anyway so my point is anyway let's let's rate this book i'm giving this book five stars because i think <gasps> it is very very good wow it's I, another I was, five star i was was not expecting this book to get five stars okay and i don't want to water down five starness but i had literally no complaints about this book and the complaints that i tried to find other people having about this book worked like i thought they were strengths of the book yeah like i say the pacing and the melancholy melancholy and the and the the pacing of like how much happens in the book mm. and some people say oh it's a bit young it's a bit young adultish and i'm like this is somebody's first novel you know yeah oh please let, let, let please look up what's up how old he was when he wrote this book then like oh how old how old he is now so we can have a okay let's have a look Kim Stanley, I can just, I'm sure I can just click on his page here. Uh, I should come up with an... Kim Stanley Robinson was born in 1952. Okay. And so, and this was written in... 84. 84, yeah. So he was like 32 years old. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. 1952. Same, as, same age as my mother. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no, 51. She was born in 51. But, you know, then we have a bit of a time frame... Yeah, so, and I think this book is, um, I know it's weird to say this, but like, it, it's, it's impressive and I can totally see why this put him on the map mm, as a writer. Yeah. But also, I can totally understand why when people think Kim Stanley Robinson, they think Red Mars, Green Mars, Blue Mars. Yeah. Because that book is so much more ambitious than this. Yeah. And there's so much more going on with it. And it's such a, like almost a richer world because there's not just one viewpoint character. Like it's a lot more bigger and sprawling. Yeah. But you can definitely see his writing skill right from the beginning in this book. Yeah. He it's, really it's knows there, how to it's write. It's there already. And then he just refines it yeah. going on. I wouldn't say just refined no, it. He, he, I, I say he, that there yeah. are other, he's brought in other strengths. Yes. And maybe lost some of the focus. But again, I still found that with the Aurora, which, you know, mm. it that is a difficult book. That's a book about a, a colony which gets there and like, hey, we didn't sign up for this. Let's go home again. Yeah. And that is such a crazy idea. Yeah. But somehow he manages to pull it off. Or it worked enough for me. And yes. I understand why other people will find that um, difficult. Yeah. But he does have the skills to write, to, to, to like, tackle it like yeah, a difficult idea of a book story. yeah and you can see that while this book is kind of simple in that it's like a a, a coming of age story young person's point of view he's it's a 32 year old or whatever i just said writing yeah. about what he felt like he, he was like how old he was in eight night when he was 18 yeah um it makes sense but also i think sometimes it is important that we do read stories from different people from different ages yeah like you can't always read books that the characters are always in the middle of their life yeah. and you know that's also part of diversity yeah like reading books about young people reading yeah. books about old people reading it's about diversity it's about reading <laughs> white american well, yes. baby boomers no, <laughs> no okay I, let's move on from okay i want to i want to wrap it up because let's finish up this before we before we get to the end before uh, we get to the end get yes. to the end of the hour okay it's 56 57 minutes let's, let's do the end bit sfbrp listener group you can go over there on Goodreads, goodreads.com, SFBRP listener group. Um, 
someone said uh, talking about people saying hey there's this uh, if we're talking about alternate universes you know right. cause, uh, what's the previous book the the space between worlds yeah um and i mentioned oh yeah there's also the um uh what is it stephen baxter yes and terry pratchett the long earth never actually got round to that um and one of the reasons I said it only has a, a 3.77 average rating on Goodreads. Here, look, Wild Shore, 3.75. So this is actually quite low rated. Uh-huh. Um, 3.62 so average really, rating by... You, you can't deny reading books just because Goodreads has a lower oh, rating. Here's a book. I've read this book before and I liked it and I thought yeah. I'd read it again. Um, <laughs> okay. So anyway, somebody else says um, Black Company, which is probably not going to get to. Um, if you really want to go on a parallel world's kick, I str- then I strongly recommend the recent Doors of Eden by Adrian Tchaikovsky. That's the guy who wrote Children of Time that you also like. I also stra- strongly recommend Children of Ruin, the sequel to Children of Time. And then Ryan replies to Lindsay saying, Luke has reviewed Children of Ruin as well. Lindsay says, I must have missed that. I should go back and listen to it. <laughs> um, so yeah, a few people have, have mentioned these uh, some of these uh, alternate parallel universe, um, parallel worlds. Yeah. Uh, book so i might get to some of them so yes if you want me to read a book that's one way to do it is go over and mention it there and if other people say yes i also want you to read this it helps if you've uh that people can back you up in yeah, the, the books the i would group. like to see reviewed and that's i think the third time someone's re- recommended the doors of eden by adrian tchaikovsky so i might as well get to it because i enjoyed his two other novels exactly. i'll get to them at some Makes point sense. um also you can support us on patreon patreon.com forward slash luke burridge we were up to what 275 euros or something is it about, about over 300 dollars now yes which is about an 275 amazing right? amount of money where i think like it's oh, so where great. does this even come from but, People just giving us, they listen to our voices. I know. And uh, <laughs> people so like my juggling videos and juggling podcasts. You're so awesome. And people. juggling and fight night combat. And also, we have some people who are um, SFBRP um, fans or listeners, super fans. I don't know which way around it is. Yeah. So, thank you so much to all of our um, uh, Patreons um, who are here because of the Science Fiction Book Review podcast. Uh, also, if you support us at the $25 level for a month, you get to suggest a topic for and video or juggling yeah. or also in this case suggest an audiobook no not audiobook suggest a book uh, yeah. of some kind and we'll one of us will uh, get to it not don't suggest books that you think we're going to hate um, you don't get to, Although, to hate read to be anything. honest I'm kind of like people probably also would like to hear you go on a big rant again sometime. sorry I've been reading books that I've liked recently <laughs> here we go what I've re- recently uh, 3.75 3.5 3.5 4.5 3.253 yeah you know so it's generally good, good, good oh, oh so coming up to it. Uh, right, that's it. it thanks a lot for listening and we'll catch you next time goodbye <laughs>